Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of So Let's Talk Horror. I'm your host, Chris McAfee, and this week, we're going to be kicking off the episode with some notable horror news updates before we jump in. First off, and likely the biggest news of the year is that, hey, it's October, everybody. Everyone telling you be of good cheer, it's the That's right. Happy October, horror friends. Man, it's October. Where's this year gone? Anyway, I'm so thankful it is here. This is my absolute favorite time of the year. Halloween being my most favorite holiday of all of them. And uh, it's my most favorite day of the 365. Really, it's my Christmas. And I'm sure for those of you tuning in, you're fairly like-minded in that sentiment. At least for me in this region, uh, the humidity's gone. Thank God. Uh, it's getting much cooler at night. The leaves are turning. Outdoor bonfires are happening. Tons of cool horror-related programming are kicking off this month. So in the spirit of Halloween season, uh, every year I prep a horror movie viewing list, one that's filled with films that are either seasonal favorites or ones I would like to check out for the first time. Some are brand new releases in the month. So I'll run through my ambitious list of films I'm working through for this year's month of October run, and those include the following. The first film, which is the main topic for this episode, and probably no surprise to anybody, is Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. So we'll be talking about that in more detail in just a few. Uh, next, I have Host on my list, uh, which is a new release. It's a Shutter original directed by Rob Savage. Uh, guys, if, if you guys haven't seen this and you're looking for real scares, press play on this one. Um, it's excellent. It's a lot of fun. So uh, highly recommend that one. Um, next, I have Roy Ward Baker's The Monster Club, 1981. Excited to check that one out. Um, I haven't seen this one either. This is a new release. It's, uh, it's called Scare Me, uh, which is a Shutter original also, directed by uh, Josh Rubin. Uh, then I'm going to revisit Ty West's 2009 feature, The House of the Devil. I really, really love this movie. And it just it sets a great mood to start the season. So from there, I'll be jumping into a classic in uh, Toby Hooper's 1978 original, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, which I love and I revisit pretty frequently, actually. Same with uh, John Carpenter's original 1978 Halloween slasher classic. And then I've got one of my all-time favorites in David Cronenberg's 1986 feature, The Fly. Love, love, love that film. That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, again, Dan O'Bannon's 1985 feature, The Return of the Living Dead. It's a great film. It's funny. It just it's solid all the way through. God, it's good. So that'll be fun to revisit. Um, for the first time, I'll be seeing Charles Lawton's 1955 uh, title feature, The Night of the Hunter. I've heard a lot of really great things about this. Um, it's pretty much echoed unanimously across the board uh, by directors alike um, that it's a, a significant influence on a lot of, of really great works and uh, directors themselves. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun to check out. Uh, and then I'll be jumping back into a horror slash comedy in one I absolutely adore, Joe Dante's 1989 feature, The Burbs, starring Tom Hanks. Uh, really great stuff there. And then uh, another fan favorite of mine um, that I have a big heart for, uh, the Chiodo Brothers 1988 uh, feature, <laughs> Killer Clowns from Outer Space. 
This one's absolutely bonkers, and I love every single second of that runtime. It's great. Um, next, um, and not least, I'll be jumping into Stuart Gordon's Reanimator in 1985. So that'll be a lot of fun. It's always a lot of fun. I love that film. From there, uh, I'll be ramping it up into Joel Schumacher's 1987 smash hit, The Lost Boys, my favorite vampire film of all time. Really fucking awesome. Great movie. Um, and then uh, I'll be ramping it up even more from there in another uh, a big love of mine, John Landis's 1981 American Werewolf in London. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And then, as if that wasn't enough, I'll be uh, revisiting John Carpenter's 1982 classic, The Thing. And it is absolutely 100% my favorite Carpenter film in his filmography. So from there, I'll be uh, revisiting, uh, God, another great love of mine. And Sam Raimi's Army of Darkness, 1992, and The Evil Dead, 1981. So those are always great. I watch those pretty consistently throughout the year. Uh, from there, I'll be checking out Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, Charles Barton, uh, 1948 feature. So, so that's going to be a lot of fun. This next one, though, uh, Abel Ferreira's 2002 uh, film, The Addiction. I've heard a lot of really great things about this. It's a vampire flick. Really excited about that one. So uh, from there, I'll be jumping into uh, John Gilling's 1966 feature, The Plague of the Zombies, which is going to be a lot of fun. Then be going back to an old faithful, one I love uh, wholeheartedly in Mel Brooks' 1974, uh, Young Frankenstein. Uh, next on the list, I have Todd Browning's 1932 Original Freaks, which is going to be great. Um, this next one I haven't seen uh, Nicholas Roeg's 1973 feature, Don't Look Now, uh, starring Donald Sutherland. So I'm really excited to, uh, to check that one out for the first time. Uh, another one I have not seen is Lucky McKee's 2002 feature, May. And then I aim to check out Igmar Bergman's 1966 Persona. So I think that's going to be really rad. Um, next on the list, I have not seen this Brian uh, De Palma f uh, feature, 1972, uh, titled Sisters. So that's going to be really cool. And then I'm going to jump back into a revisit. Uh, one I, I commonly watch, actually. This is comfort food for me. But Philip Kaufman's 1978 Invasions of the Body Snatchers, which is my most favorite version of that film, of that title. Uh, from there, uh, I got a few slots uh, left for the 31. And uh, I reserved those for some different features that are going to be airing uh, for the first time. Uh, the first one's on Netflix. Uh, it's going to be opening up on uh, or released on October 9th, and that's The Haunting of Bly Manor. So I've heard really great things about that. And then Shudder's going to be releasing on October 15th uh, The Mortuary Collection, which has got a pretty good buzz around it. Um, so both of those are pretty interesting. I hope they, uh, they turn out. I'm sure that they will. Then to round out the 31, uh, we have uh, released on October 23rd, uh, Shutter special Joe Bob Briggs's Halloween Hideaway. So I'm I'm always amped up when when he gets a, a new special uh, coming out, and that's going to be a ton of fun as it always is. So looking forward to that. So that is a roundup of my Halloween movie season. Uh, so I'd be very interested to hear your lists. Please feel free to drop me uh, those on Twitter at slth underscore podcast, and or on the Patreon site at patreon.com, which would be really cool. All right, to wrap up the horror news section, we have some great new news out of Wax Records. Uh, they're presenting an official Universal Monster Frankenstein spinature. 
Uh, from the 1931 classic horror film, Frankenstein's Monster comes packaged in a double-windowed collector's box with new artwork from Robert Semelin. So head over to Waxwork Records' website to check that out. It's really awesome stuff. The collectible stands approximately three and three-quarters inches tall. Uh, you can display him, and he's going to look great that way. And or you could spin them on your favorite horror vinyl soundtrack. Uh, the retail price for the spinature is $24. It ships to the United States and Canada only. Pretty rad stuff. And that will wrap up the news break for this episode. So next we have the episode's highlighted movie title. And that is Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. Really fucking pumped about this. Uh, this was released in 1943. And so let's jump into the overview of the film. So we start, we have two grave robbers that enter the tomb off a relatively creepy, and by creepy standards, I mean very, very cool cemetery on a full moon night with the intent to mine the old graves uh, for riches. In doing so, they open the grave of Lawrence Larry Talbot, uh, where they find a very well-preserved, almost too well-preserved in my opinion, uh, Mr. Talbot cloaked in wolvesbane. As they contemplate this life decision, the closest robber's eminent demise is set into motion. Mr. Talbot feels the full moon, transforms, and is now loose in the tomb in a murderous introduction, while the second robber escapes. From there, the werewolf kills again in the cemetery's nearby town. Larry Talbot is found after by a local police officer unconscious, bearing a serious head injury in a town street. He's taken to Cardiff, where he's cared for by an empathetic Dr. Mannering at Queen's Hospital. During recovery from his head surgery, Larry is well enough to speak to Dr. Mannering and an Inspector Owen. Larry discusses his curse openly, warns them of what he is, what he has done, and what he will do again. While the Inspector thinks Larry may be a few cards short of a playing deck, the doctor believes Larry's strange behavior is manifesting from his resulting head injury. The two elect to visit Larry's hometown and dig deeper into his past. Meanwhile, Larry transforms during the next full moon. He rips out of his straitjacket and escapes out of the room window only to stalk the night. During, he kills again. The doctor learns of the escape when he phones back to the hospital after uncovering some troubling information based on Larry's past. Larry, the next day, as a man again, sets off to find Maliva, the gypsy woman from The Wolfman, the original in 1941. Larry is seeking her aid to rid him finally and forever of the curse. Larry does manage to track down her camp, and he speaks with Maliva, and she agrees to care for him. Maliva confides in him, however, that she does not have a cure, but she does know where to go for the help that he requires. So the two start out on an adventure to seek out Dr. Frankenstein. As they close in on their destination by carriage, Larry turns again. He runs off into the woods to keep himself away from Oliva for her safety. From there, he stumbles into the frozen Frankenstein castle ruins. Oliva finishes her trip into town to seek additional help. So at this point of the plot, we will break away. Let's end the overview on that cliffhanger, and that's for you to finish. There's a lot left. There's a ton of plot going on after the fact. Uh, past this and it's really very exciting stuff there's a lot going on so uh tons to watch and i would i would encourage everybody to to tune in and finish this one out so getting into the taglines i you know so this was a really neat thing um you know i maybe i should have expected this but um there was there was just a lot of marketing for this phone you know uh so there's a bunch of different taglines and these are all really really neat um the first one i really love um 
a death fight between two beasts. I just like saying that one. <laughs> I just clenching my fist, throwing it up in the air, getting all gritty. Um, the next one, all new thrills is Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Pretty basic. Uh, the next one we got is Frozen Evil meets Fiery Hate. That was actually um, in the original ad for, for the film. Uh, the next one, the two muddiest of human monsters clash. Again, that's pretty basic. Um, and this one, the last one, is by far my most favorite. And that is Fiends of Fury with Baleful Eyes, Hairy Arms, Dripping Jowls, Seething in Lust for Human Blood. It's quite the description. <laughs> so, I really like that one. It was pretty cool. So, anyway, let's segue into the director. The director of this film is Roy Williams Neal, best known for directing the Sherlock Holmes series uh, of films at Universal. And he's got a pretty interesting filmography, a pretty long one, actually. And uh, I'll start. I, I just uh, highlighted the horror titles um, in his catalog here, but uh, the first one I'll, I'll mention is Black Angel, 1946. Uh, the next one's Dress to Kill in 1946. Uh, the third in 46 is Terror by Night, which I'm really interested in checking that one out. Um, the Scarlet Claw, 1944, and Murder Will Out, uh, 1939. So I'm going to get to those at some point. Currently, I have probably about a stack of pending films to see that is likely over about a mile long. <laughs> so uh, anyways, what's five more at this point, right? <laughs> so... We'll check it out. Uh, so let's get into, let's segue into uh, the major billing for the casting. And uh, we've, I guess I'll start here with uh, somebody that doesn't really need an introduction, certainly uh, not amongst uh, this this group anyway <laughs> of viewership, but uh, Lon Chaney Jr., uh, who plays Lawrence uh, Larry Talbot, the Wolfman. And uh, obviously uh, he was in the Wolfman, uh, George Wagner's 1941 classic original uh, as Lawrence Larry Talbot. Uh, he also played in The Mummy's Tomb. Uh, Harold Young directed 1942, and he starred as The Mummy. Uh, this one uh, I want to check out, I, I have not seen, is uh, Reginald LeBorg's 1943 film, uh, Calling Dr. Death, where he plays Dr. Mark Steele, which sounds very interesting. So that's on my list of things to do, as are many. Uh, and then finally, I'll wrap up with Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, reprise role for him. Charles Barton directed 1948, uh, again, as Lawrence Talbot. So um, I kept it pretty simple. Um, amongst us, we, we, I'm sure at this point, know what Lon Chaney uh, Jr. has done and not done. Um, and so that is a pretty good opportunity to talk about Mr. Bella Lugosi in the same manner. Uh, he does play the monster here. Uh, moving forward out of that, though, uh, he was in Todd Browning's 1931 uh, Dracula, the original, as Count Dracula, obviously. Um, and then I have him noted in Earl C. Kenton's 1932 feature, Island of Lost Souls, uh, where he plays the Sayer of the Law, which sounded really pretty interesting. That was his build title. And, uh, and then I'll round out with Edgar G. Ulmer's 1934 classic, The Black Cat, as Dr. Vitus. So, uh, again, I didn't get too deep in that. Um, I think at this point we're, we're pretty well versed on what Bela Lugosi's done in his career. So, uh, next I'll jump over to the mayor played by Lionel Atwill. 
he's really excellent in this film. Um, he also starred in uh, Michael Curtis' 1932 feature, Dr. X, where he plays Dr. Jerry Xavier. I do want to check that one out. That sounded notable. And another one that piqued my interest in Earl C. Kenton's 1945 feature, House of Dracula, which I have not seen. So there's that. Uh, he played Police Inspector Holtz. So moving past that then, uh, we have Dr. Frank Mannering, played by Patrick Knowles. Uh, he was actually in the, the original The Wolfman. Uh, he played Frank Andrews. And then from there, uh, he starred in George uh, Fennedy's 1973 feature, Terror in the Wax Museum, as Mr. Southcott. And uh, also in his other feature in 73, Arnold, as Douglas Whitehead. So, uh, so that's that. And I'm going to round out with Alana Massey, who plays uh, the very lovely Baroness Elsa Frankenstein. And uh, she was notably in uh, one that piqued my interest, uh, Edwin L. Marin's 1942 feature uh, titled Invisible Agent, where she plays Maria Sorensen. And the premise of this is uh, the invisible man's grandson uses his secret formula to spy on Nazi Germany. So we got a little bit of a secret agent slash universal monster lineage type thing going on. And that sounded that sounded pretty notable. That sounded pretty fun. So I'm going to check that one out. So, uh, all right, well, that wraps up the the, uh, the major billing. Uh, the runtime of this film is 74 minutes, very stout, uh, very tight 74 minutes. Um, so one hour and 14 minutes of just fun. You know, this movie is exactly that. It's a, it's a really fun film. So let's get into the notables then. Let's segue into that. Uh, in my research regarding continuity of the Universal Monster landscape, which I'm very interested in getting better acclimated with. There's a few really great articles dating back from 2015 through 2017 uh, that I intend on mentioning. Um, all are published via Bloody Disgusting, who I absolutely adore and uh, follow religiously. Um, the first is authored by a Daniel Baldwin in 2015 titled, Dear Universal, the monsters already exist in a shared universe. Uh, Mr. Baldwin's article was in response to Universal Studios' statements about their intentions with their upcoming reboots of the classic Universal Monster properties. The article provides a few nice examples of how the original uh, Universal Monster properties were executed and connected, specifically speaking to the Wolfman, and contains insight into Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, which are relevant here, so I added it. Um, it didn't get into every specific, as it is... Um, an actual response to Universal present day, 2015 era, actually. Um, so we'll segue out of that into the next one, which is another article published by Bloody Disgusting in 2016, authored by uh, Brendan Morrow. And that is titled 15 Fun Facts About the Universal Monster Franchise, which is definitely worth checking out. It's a really neat insight throughout the Universal Monster uh, franchise for fans and uh, kind of bounces around with that through various films throughout the franchise. So there's a third article then uh, that I'd like to note, authored in 2017 by Eric Handy, titled Universal Monsters, The Very First Cinematic Universe. This provides a more complete overview of the landscape by release date and shows how the different films are interconnected. Uh, I mention these because although I've seen many of these films, I cannot claim to have seen all. Therefore, I do not claim a complete grip on the full context of the franchise's continuity. I just thought that, you know, if you're looking to delve deeper into the Universal Monster franchise, uh, these articles are great uh, to seek out and review as a solid foundational base step to work out from 
and it's important in the context of what the franchise exists as. So just thought I'd mention it as a helpful research aid for those that would like to seek it out. So next, let's talk about the set designs. The set designs in this film were excellent. I really love the cemetery and the main tomb used as a resting place for Lawrence uh, Talbot in the intro of the film. It was really, really well done. It was a lot of fun. I wish we would have spent a little bit more time there. Um, and then separately, I loved the old abandoned, burned down Frankenstein castle ruins. That was so much fun. I was a little disoriented, like once we were in that space, kind of thinking that that's where it was going, but not really sure. But once he, once the characters started moving around um, on set, then you kind of got the context and it, it, it came back to me. I haven't seen the, the original in some time, so it was kind of neat just to reorient um, around in the castle. But to see it like that, all dilapidated and burned down and dangerous and creepy, it was uh, that was really cool. So uh, a lot of fun there. Really, really well done. All right, so moving forward from there, um, I'd really like to highlight two key scenes from the film and play small clips from each of those. The first is a scene shared between Larry Talbot and Maliva, the gypsy. Uh, Larry has searched far and wide all over Europe for her, really, and uh, he's finally found her at her current camp. Uh, the look on his face when he first lays eyes on Maliva is really very touching, uh, truly is. Uh, in confidence, he asks her for her aid in ridding him, finally, and forever of his curse, hoping to find, finally, true peace. It is not long for immortality, just a peaceful death. So let me cue this one up for you. Hope you enjoy it. gypsy woman. Maliva is her name. Is she here with you? Maliva, yes, she is with us. You'll find her over there. Maliva? They told me you'd left England. I've looked all over Europe for you from town to town. Now that I've found you, you must help me. Come in. What do you want from me? I still carry the sign of the pentagram, the mark of the werewolf. I kill people. When the moon is full, I turn into a wolf. It's not in my power to help you. You're the only one that understands. Nobody else in the world will believe me. But you, you know. Your own son, Vela, was a werewolf. 
He attacked me. He changed me into a werewolf. He's the one that put this curse on me. Well, you watched over him until he was permitted to die. Well, now I want to die, too. Won't you show me the way? I can't. But I will guard you and take care of you as I took care of my own son. You're not leaving us. You're not going with him. He has the sign of the beast on him. He is dangerous only when the moon is full. I shall watch over him. He will murder you. No. I shall take him to a place I know. Where? I know a man who has the power to help you. Help me? I really love that scene. I hope you guys enjoyed that. So the second segment is one shared between Larry Talbot and Baroness Elsa Frankenstein. So here we have Larry posing as a potential suitor to buy the original Frankenstein estate, land and all. So the Baroness makes her way all the way into town in an arranged business meeting, only to find a very desperate Larry Talbot requesting her assistance in locating her father's sacred journaling, one to unlock the secrets needed to break his curse and bring him an ultimate peace. So sit tight, and let's enjoy this one. To my dear father, then she's the one that can tell me. And this man, he wishes to buy the ruins of my father's estate? Yes. That's why I asked you to come here, Baroness. He wanted me to give him your address. Naturally, I refused. But since I knew that you were anxious to get rid of the property and all the memories connected with it, I thought that in my position as mayor, I would take the liberty of sending for you. Did he say his name is Taylor? Yes, and that's all I know about him. Baroness Frankenstein, Mr. Taylor. Baroness. Mr. Taylor? Come in, Mr. Taylor. Come in. Come in. <laughs> Do you mind if I speak to the Baroness alone, please? Why, uh, why, well, certainly, certainly. Uh, now, uh, if uh, if you should need a witness to the contract, Baroness, I'm at your service. Thank you. <clears throat> Won't you please sit down, Mr. Taylor? Thank you. I understand that you want to buy our land. No, I... I wanted to meet you. I don't understand. Well, I didn't know how to find you. and The mayor wouldn't give me your address, so... I felt that if I offered to buy your land, that you'd be sure to come. Certainly a most unusual way to make an acquaintance. But now that you have gone to all this trouble to meet me, what can I really do for you? I want your father's records. His experiments with life and death. The records of the creation of the monster. My father's diary. Yes. You must give it to me. I don't have any records. 
If I had, I... I would have destroyed them long ago. My father was a great scientist. But all he created brought unhappiness. Terror. Oh, but you don't understand. I must have them. Won't you help me? I'm sorry, Mr. Taylor. There is nothing I can do. The house burned down, and I have never set a foot on that ground again, and never shall. And that's all the information I can give you. Well, is everything settled, Baroness? No. We decided not to go through with the sale after all. All right. I really hope you enjoyed that one as well. All right. So moving out of that and segueing into my final point, finally, we have to talk about the epic battle scene, Frankenstein versus the Wolfman. The stage is set. Dr. Mannering has agreed to assist Larry and the Baroness and then turn the monster, right? He steps into Dr. Frankenstein's shoes with the journaling guidance of the great scientist. Prior, he pulls resources from the town to rebuild the laboratory. Once readied, he proceeds. His goal with both the monster and Larry secured on separate tables is to drain both of their energies and destroy them ultimately. But before starting the procedure, he has a change of heart. He can't destroy Frankenstein, the monster. In a reversal of the outline procedure, the doctor switches the leads connected to both bodies. His new goal is to see the monster at its peak power. The switch is thrown. Frankenstein breaks free from the medical table. He grabs the Baroness, who had just come down to witness the end result of the procedure, and Larry comes to and transforms into the wolf. He breaks free from his medical table and attacks Frankenstein. The two proceed to go toe-to-toe in a pretty epic fight. That was a ton of fun to watch. I would have to say that with all the back and forth, both stood well. Neither one got the upper hand on one another. And across the board, I would consider this to be a pretty straight draw. However, this provided a really very entertaining fight sequence, all told. Super, super entertaining and a lot of fun. I really had a good time with this. So let's segue into the recommendation section then. Uh, rewatchability is really high. Um, this is just a fun film to watch. It's a really good time. For the satisfaction factor, it's really high, super entertaining. Uh, the scare factor stays low, psych factor stays low. Uh, this is SLTH approved. So yes, I am giving this a six and a half out of 10. Uh, I really had a good time with this one. So to summarize, this is a really solid addition to the universal monster lineage. I mean, how could you argue with Frankenstein and the Wolfman sharing time on screen together? Plus we get a epic battle royale at the end it's really fun stuff. So I think this one would be a great one to add to your Halloween season. I'm glad I finally saw it, and I'll be re- revisiting this one again soon, surely. All right, so where we can view this film. Currently, it is streaming on Amazon Prime Video, where you could rent or buy it in SD, HD, on VOD. Uh, on physical media, there's a bunch of Blu-ray and DVD format options available. Uh, the first one I'll highlight is a DVD format uh, being a double feature put out by Universal Studios, and that contains Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, obviously, and then the second feature is House of Frankenstein. So a really cool double feature. Um, I'm sure that's a lot of fun. Um, the second one is a Blu-ray. Uh, it also comes in a DVD format as well, uh, but that's the Wolfman Complete Legacy Collection, and that features all seven films from the legacy of the original Wolfman, which includes The Wolfman, 1941, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, 1943, House of Frankenstein, 1944, House of Dracula, 1945, 
Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, 1948, Werewolf in London, 1935, She-Wolf of London, 1946. So all told, we have four discs spanning eight hours and 27 minutes, and uh, that sounds like a really great time. All right, so to wrap up the episode, hopefully you've enjoyed episode 10. If you've not done so, please feel free to subscribe to the show and share this with friends and family you know. A positive review will always help the show out tremendously. It helps get the show out to more people. Separately, you can also find the show via social media on Twitter at slth underscore podcast, on Instagram at slth.podcast. You can also track the show via the Patreon website at patreon.com. All right, I hope you guys had fun on this episode with me. Uh, Again, I hope you seek out Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Again, thank you for listening. Excited to bring you my next horror film review. Until then, stay curious, stay scared, take care of yourself, and I will see you all next episode. Enjoy the start of October, everybody.